Praise the Lord. Amen. Are you grateful for, that the presence of the Lord is in the midst of you? Yes, amen. It's good to know that God is with us. You know, sometimes we forget that. As we were talking last night, we forget that he's with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And whatever touches our life, it has to go through him first. And he never asks us to do anything that he doesn't empower us to do. He's always with us. And so that's comforting words. Hopefully, as we are here uh, this weekend, we'll begin to see things clear through the Lord's eyes and not through our own um, way of seeing things because we can be preconditioned to see things in a certain way. And so when we have been preconditioned to see things, uh, a lot of of times, well, most of the time, that's going to come from your way you think, the way you see. And your thoughts always come from your experiences, your memories, and things like that that you've gone through times that you've gone through difficulties or challenge, sometimes we think that it's going to always be like that. But God is wanting us to know that even in the midst of of difficulties, he still expects us to obey him, and he's with us to help us. So I want you to know that. And and as we are here, I, I know one of the things that you did last night that you did in obedience to God, so you can say, I obey God. There was no one here that felt guilt or shame. And everyone that was here, the word of the Lord cleansed you, and there was a certain amount of freedom. So you obeyed the word of the Lord in the fact that you didn't feel guilty or shame. It's impossible for you to feel guilty when you have built your house on the rock. It's impossible for you to feel any shame when you are drinking from the spiritual rock, spiritual drink. When the Holy Spirit is flowing through you and He is coming out of your innermost being, He always bear witness with your spirit that you are sons of God. And that you are not orphans. He hasn't left you alone, that God is always with you. The Holy Spirit does that work. And it's, it's very important that you know that. Then I'm not asking you to go out and start striving in your flesh. No, 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 no. We're beyond the flesh. You're not in the flesh. If the Spirit of God lives in you, then you're not in the flesh, brothers and sisters. You're in the Spirit. But we have to make those claims. We have to declare those things always. You know, there's a scripture that says that you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. If that is true, why do you say you don't know? Why do you come and act as if you don't know? Because you're acting because you do know, because the word of the Lord cannot lie. And so we become good actors in saying, I don't know what to do. When I have been told that there's an anointing in me from the Holy One, from God Almighty, and I do know. I know. So why don't we launch out by saying that I do know. You're speaking faith now. You're speaking faith. You're saying, I do know. And you're saying, I believe God. And you're speaking. And then you go out and you do it. You understand? But if you say you don't know, then the Spirit of God can't do anything with I don't know. 
He can't work with those words. It's like it's a foreign language that he doesn't speak. He only moves when there's confidence and when there's a certainty in the word of truth. Because the word cannot lie. It cannot return void. It accomplishes every time. Everything God sends the word to do, it always accomplishes it, even though you may not see it, because we are sight-driven people, not faith-driven people. You have to believe that what God says is going to happen. And then you have to begin to take those very words that God is spoken to you and written in the word. And you have to speak it. And you got to believe that what you say will be done. These are things that begin to strengthen me. I told you that it took me years and years and years of digging down deep until I found that rock. I had to find that, 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 that place where the oneness with God comes into being. And that is in Christ. Where there is no difference in me and Jesus because we have the same seed Amen. as Christ. And so it took me a long time before I, I was able to find the inward me. Not the outward me. The outward me looked like everybody else. The outward me acts like a mere man, not like someone with power and strength. But it takes, it takes years when you are by yourself digging. But when you have some help, when you have someone that begins to come in and circumcise your heart, when you have someone that comes in and begin to speak the truth and just get right in your face, just like uh, James, the brother of the Lord. Have you ever read James? Yeah. James just be right in your face. Yeah. He, he's not trying to make it easy on you. He just speaks just like that. But sometimes we need that. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of love that moves you forward. Now I can see very clearly that God is doing something great in living hope. Yeah. You can see the vision that that is in the house and in the hearts of the people. You can see the burning that's there. And, and the reason why he's coming to challenge you, because you cannot be second guessing yourself in the next season that you are entering in. Amen. You cannot be a a, a people that will give place to the enemy and become discouraged because some little thing didn't go right. You got to understand, and this is the way I live. Everything can be falling apart around me, but I will not be moved. I will not be moved nor shaken. It doesn't matter any kind of news that you you receive. You, as long as you are not moved. Everything in your house can be going all kinds of ways, haywire. And as long as the parents are not moved, nothing else can hinder or or touch the house. Now, I got that revelation from God Almighty and of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes it looks like the church is completely out of order, doesn't it? (laughs) But God is always seated. He doesn't seem to be worried about that. Jesus is always sitting right next to him. Not moved. Not saying, well, I wonder what we're going to do now. They don't seem to know what we are talking about. They don't seem to be going in the right direction. Do you know that you can be going in the wrong direction and God will bring you back to the place? He's never moved. 
Never moved by what we are doing. He's always seated. And when I got that revelation, I had peace. Because sometimes we think that our promises rest on everybody else doing what is right. But we have to be like Abraham. God told Abraham, you walk right. You be blameless before me. And I'll keep my promise to you. If you walk right. Mm -hmm. So God's coming to you and he makes it personally. If you walk right, Mm -hmm. I will take care of everything in your household. I will take care. He's wondering about whether or not you're going to be able to do all that God is saying. He said, you just walk right before me. You got to believe that God is all powerful. These are the things that you have to meditate on while you're moving about. These are the secrets that I've learned. I do not move by the things that you see. Now, I had, to, I had to learn it from my spiritual father. Things could come on him wave after wave after wave of things, and he's never moved. You know, it, because the enemy will come against you, it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you have taken a wrong path. Usually it means you're going in the right direction. And we have to learn how to stand and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So these are things that I've learned. I wanted to throw this out before we get to the message. Because if you learn these things and you begin to do it, begin to live like that, it won't matter what or Whatever that comes against you, it will not destroy your house. So we've learned that a part of the building process of the house is digging down deep and laying a foundation on the rock. A part of building is digging down deep and laying a foundation on the rock. These are things we talked about last night. That's a part of the building. Before you start doing the part that is visible. That's why a lot of the work that God has been doing has been in the secret place in your life. And sometimes you don't know all that he's done. But we have to uh, be confident that he is doing a work even though it's in the unseen realm. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that. That he's going to build upon a strong foundation. And he goes deep, deep, deep. We have to understand also that when God says that he's given you something, it doesn't mean that you just sit there and wait. Do you remember he said to the Israelites, I've given you the land. Mm -hmm. But now he said, now go in and possess it. Everything that God has given you is usually an enemy that's occupying it before you get there. And he wants to keep you from entering in to your promises. So if I don't understand how God works, I think when he said, I give it to you, he just gave it to you and you get it. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know <laughs> that the mystery, the secret is that there's an enemy there and he doesn't want you in there. And now we're not... Uh, fighting against flesh and blood, but we fight against wickedness and all kinds of stuff like that, that that comes against your mind. And as I said last night, that's the thing that weakens you when you haven't built on a rock. 
You start believing lie as the truth. And that's deception. You start believing any lie he say about you. And you know how conscious we are of our outward appearance. He starts to make you look outward and not inward. Looking somewhere in space trying to find God when he's in you. (laughs) I say, well, I don't know where you are. (laughs) And and then when we're trying to lead someone to the Lord, we know, where's Jesus? He's in your heart. Until we get into crisis, huh? And then we don't know where he is. It's these things that I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to, to move this. I'm, I'm moving the saints to a place of revelation that Jesus is in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that you're never feeling alone. Yeah. If he's saying, I've given it to you, that means you're going to have to fight a fight of faith. Mm-hmm. Now, fighting the fight of faith, it, it's, it, it's it, it, no matter what is happening in your life, you're saying, I believe God. Now, sometimes we'd rather fight an enemy. But God said your times of warfare, traditional warfare for this house is over. But believing God never ends. And he will always bring you into a place where you have to stretch your faith. The moment we get comfortable and everything is all right, then God will shift you because you live by faith. You live by every word that proceeded out of his mouth. You got to learn how to believe God and move to the next place because God is always enlarging your borders. And every time he enlarges your borders, he's bringing you into a place to dispossess an enemy. Okay, so you have to learn how to move with God in faith and in love. And you can't hesitate to do what he's saying to do. I'm going to just read... We're going, to, we're going to talk about a lot of things today, just going over some of the things. But I want to start at John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Comforter to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day you will realize that I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I'm in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loved me. So we want to go into a deeper love of God. Not just lip service. We've been talking about obeying God. We're, in talk, we're talking about, and, and I told you that to obey him means to do what he says. It means I'm going to prove in my heart that I love him because I obey him. Now you see that 
He's not asking you to do anything that's apart from him. He says, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, I'm in you, and you're in me. There's a closeness, that's what we call oneness. When God is in you, he's in you to empower you to do everything that he's asking you to do. But we have to come to realize it. He said, then you will realize that I'm in you. You see, we don't realize it all the time. We're not aware. We are more conscious with outward things. That's why we can be pulled outward. Just little noise or rattling of the chain. The enemy, yeah. he's good at rattling the chain. He, yeah. he makes noise and, and all of a sudden we look and yeah. turn aside. Yeah. Now when God is saying, look straight ahead. Yeah. Don't you look to the right or left. Yeah. You keep your eyes on me and you will not be moved. Uh, and you will be kept in perfect peace. But noise always causes us to turn aside. Now, the word of God can be preached and, 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 and we, 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 we won't be fully attentive sometimes to the word of the Lord. But in the rattling in the back, people turning all around and see the noise of a child moving. Just any noise. We are distracted. Break our yeah. focus. We're supposed to have eyes only for him. Yeah. Your eyes are only for him. Your heart is only for him. Yeah. We fill our heart with all kinds of things. When he says, your, your heart is my dwelling place. I abide there. That's why I abide. And if you love me and if you obey me and do what I say, we're going to come and we're going to live with you. And you're going to realize this. This is what he's saying. And that you never have to worry about all the things that you worry about. Those are not primary things. Those are secondary things that you worry about. You know, he says, what you're going to eat or drink or where you're going to stay. He says to you, give no thought of those things. I know about those things. But we tend to focus on that all the time. And when we come into the house of the Lord, because we love him and we sing to him, we worship him, yeah. we leave and we should do what he says. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm really stressing that this weekend because that's where you're moving to. You're beginning to move with God because God is moving. He's always working. Sometimes we don't think he's doing anything. But he's always working. Now he will begin to work in someone's heart if you will release your faith in God. You see, what we got to understand is that everything, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the heavens and all that dwell in it. God said, all souls are mine. And in the book of Acts and in Joel, he says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, he doesn't say I'm going to pour out my spirit on those that believe. He said on all flesh. Because one of the things that shows ownership is when someone puts their spirit upon you. That's an indication that. That you belong to a person. That's why the enemy is always trying to put his spirit upon you. 
That's why he, he comes and, and he will put a, a spirit on you. And even when you are casting him out, and I know Pastor Sunday deals with that. And, and, and sometimes he said, this one is mine. I own him. I own her. Because my spirit is on it. But God is wanting to come. And that's why you have to understand that when he says, I've given it to you. That, that, that not only is there an enemy, but usually the, the devil has put his spirit on that. And he's marked it. And he said, this is mine. That's why when the kingdom of God comes in, it comes in with power. And it comes in to dispossess or cast out evil spirits and say, this is mine. This one is mine. And that's why we have to learn how to walk in the midst. Everywhere your soles of your feet. He says, I've given it to you. We got to learn that with the anointing of God, with the Holy Spirit, we have to arise like he told Abraham and walk throughout the land. And, and go in and everywhere that you sow to your feet, I've given it to you. This is what God is saying to you. You got to learn how to walk in the spirit. You got to walk understanding that, that everything belongs to God. There is no place that Jesus cannot go. And he's not worried about what people think either. You see, he will go anywhere that there's human beings. And he will go in. He will reach them. He will reach out for them. But he needs your hands and he needs your faith. He needs you to believe that all things are possible with him. He doesn't want you to put, well, everything except for this. We got to learn these things. These are the things that we have to be taught that 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 God is pouring out his spirit. And and if that is not enough, he he sprinkles he has sprinkled you with his blood. And that really shows on this shit. You've not been purchased with silver or gold. You've been purchased with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. You have been redeemed to God as kings and priests. By his blood. These are things that I want you to capture in your heart. Because it helps you when you dig down deep and you find the rock. You start seeing things different. It changes the way your attitude is with God and with people. It, it changes the way. If you believe things are impossible, that's the way you're going to act. And it's a funny thing. We believe anything that anyone say. Uh, we, when we were coming here, we were told... And we believed it right away that if we didn't get there by a certain time, the road was going to be closed. I mean, we absolutely believed it. We were rushing. I was rushing so I forgot my Bible. My goodness, I'm ashamed to say it, but I, ain't no guilt in it. But we were rushing. And nobody thought to say that they will never be able to close the door of the road to us. And believe that what we say will be done. You, you see, we believe anything that any negative thing, that's the thing we believe. And we are just our whole life to accommodate negative things. If you don't do this and the enemy wants you to be in a rush because you'll forget your Bible. I mean, you, 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 well, 
But if you stay calm and you rest in the Lord and you think on these things, don't think on the things that make you nervous and anxious. Don't think on those things. Think on the things of strength and power and encouragement. That's what, who the Holy Spirit is. He is the helper. He comes and he advocates for you. He tells you when you're in a difficult situation that you will surely come up out of this. And he tells you, as I said last night, even though you might fall seven times, he said, every righteous man and woman, they get up. If there's any righteousness at all in you, you better get up from there. Now, your righteousness is not according to what you've done, but according to what Jesus has done. Your righteousness is of faith. And he speaks these words in clarity to us, strengthening us, encouraging us. These are the things that keep my mind clear. And when I make a mistake or whatever it is, I'm not quick to be down on myself. You know, that's the worst thing. You have, my spiritual father says this, you have enough people that are against you. Don't you be one of them. Don't don't be one of the ones that's that's pushing yourself down and, and saying what you can't do and saying what you are not. You ought to be the one that's saying, is saying what God is saying. And God is wanting us to learn how to move with him. There's a, a scripture in Luke chapter 5. I want to speak to you and let it speak to you actually. It's so clear because we want, God wants to see our faith. He wants to see our faith. This is familiar scripture about the paralyzed man. It's in Luke chapter five, seventeen. I'm going to just maybe be all over the place, but before it's over, we're going to tie it together. Luke five, seventeen. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus, was there, and the power of the Lord was there to heal them. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lured him on his mat through the towels in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus and when Jesus saw their faith he said friends your sins are forgiven you now you notice and this is I don't want you to be like this but unfortunately in most churches this is how we are we come from everywhere We come and we sit. We get into the 
the best places and we sit down and the power of the Lord is there to heal us. But all we are doing is sitting. Isn't that a, a funny thing that they came from everywhere just to sit and the power of the Lord was present to heal them and they didn't move in any way to act on it. And here comes someone bringing their friend and they can't even get into the church because it's full of people that's just sitting there in the midst of the power of God, in the midst of the anointing and nothing is happening because they're just sitting there listening. Nobody's moved. The whole church, you can't even get in. People that really, really are desperate for help, they come in and whatever they have to do to get in the presence of Jesus, they will do it. It's easier just to sit. But to do something that causes some effort, like we were talking about last night, to go up on the roof and rip the towels off, Take some effort. But we just sit. I'm not saying that we're Pharisees. Uh, <laughs> but we haven't come to the understanding that our faith, God must be able to see it. You've you got to be able to see it. That, that you have faith, Yes. As we're going to read later on, the, the Bible said the demons believe. We've we got to have faith that can be seen and not just sit down in our comfortable chair, feeling the whole room and know uh, people that really need to come in and get help are those you come in and you say, this is the way you do. You just come in and sit. There, there is no faith being seen where, where people are pressing in and say, that, you know what, I got to get in that place. I got I to gotta distinguish myself from all of the ones that are just sitting around. I know the power of God is there. Many times we have said the power of God is here. And nobody moves. <laughs> Nobody is doing anything different. I, I mean, you can sing the power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. I can feel him in the atmosphere. The power of the Lord is here. And then we, we go home and what was the power of the Lord there present? And, and you didn't move. You see, you say, well, I don't want to do anything that's out of the ordinary. You know, I don't want to. I want to sit like everybody else is sitting. Isn't that the, what, what we do? Yeah. But these people, they said, you know what? We can't get in through the regular way. So we're going to go up on the roof. I know that Jesus is able to heal, but I got to be a little bit more desperate than the next guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jesus will move when you move. 
because his word is supposed to move you. It's supposed to move you towards him. And he knows you have need, but, but he's not moved by just need. Otherwise, he would be moving all over the earth. But we have to teach people how not just to sit when the power of the Lord is present. we got to move and whatever it takes. So they go in and Jesus hears something on the roof. And he's looking up and he'll, all of a sudden they lower this man down. Yeah. And he says, I see your faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see it. You know, we keep it in a, in a place. I have faith. You know, a hidden place. Faith is powerful. You cannot hide it. If you act on it, it will move mountains. If you act on faith. If you act on faith. But, but we found out that we can have incomplete or imperfect faith. It's not enough. To just be sitting in the house of the Lord believing. It's not enough to, be, to say I have faith and you're not moving towards anything. Yeah. How do I know that you love me if you obey me if you come to me? He said I'll come to you. He moves when we move. Every spiritual journey Begins with a physical step. Yeah. Every every journey, every time when God is is you're saying that I'm coming to you, you have to begin in the material physical realm. You have to move yeah. out with a step. Abraham's footsteps of faith it began in the natural. He had to come out. If you never ever step out, you'll never see what God is what desiring to show you. Yeah. It takes some effort from you that begins in the physical realm. Yeah. And that's why we say we can't. But the moment we step out and we do what we haven't done before, wow. we begin to see. Mm-hmm. It always began in the physical, in the natural you got to see the people moving, and then God begins to kick in. Yeah. You, he says, I want you to rise, and I want you to go to the land that I've given you. And you go there, and there's a drought. God will always give you something that everybody else can't recognize that any value is there. Wow. He gives you a, a place that, that, that's yeah. desolate. Wilderness, nothing there. And you're supposed to come there. And when you come there, the blessing comes. But if you just come and you just look at it and you don't see what God is desiring for you to see. You got to have vision. You have to have revelation. You have to have understanding that this is the way God does things. He hides things so that. That any old fool can't find it. (laughs) It takes someone that's being led of the spirit to discover the real treasures. That's why I told you last night that God hides his treasures in you. We have to learn how to discover these things. When I moved, I got to know that, that there's a Holy Spirit living in me. And when he prompts me to take a step. 
It always began in the natural. But next thing you know, you're walking with God. You're walking in the realm of faith. And you're walking in the spirit. And he says, everywhere you go in the spirit, I've given it to you. And you began to act like you're responsible for it by blessing it. You got to bless what God gives you. Don't curse it. Don't say this worthless thing, piece of junk God has given me. He always give me junk. <laughs> you know, I always get secondhand stuff. You know, when you start to say that, you don't understand that you said in the president that that's what you're going to get. Because the Bible says you have what you say. And that's what happens. And God is saying, I want you to begin to move in faith and begin to move in power. We don't want to be those that are sitting around when the power of the Lord is there to heal. Well, there's a power of the Lord to get wealth. It's power of the Lord to, to confirm his covenant. He, he said, I will give you power to get wealth. How many of you are sitting there with the power of the Lord to get wealth is present and you're just sitting there? You, know, you don't know that you have to move towards God to activate. Wow. I, I told my church last Sunday, uh, especially the, the ladies, they have said in their heart that there is no more good men. <laughs> Ain't no more good men. I guess I have to be alone. Okay. I said this to my church. I'm not saying it here. Just for y'all. <laughs> and and we, we had some that said, I'm married to Jesus. Because they don't want to believe that, that, they, that, that God could have someone for them. Well, my wife, she's a little different. She said she always believed that she was going to get a good man. <laughs> she said, even if God had to create one. how you have to be. Don't say that there ain't no more good stuff for me. No good men, no good women. I don't know if I ever find anyone that, that's any good. Well, you're never going to find anyone that's any good. But if you say like Pastor Diane, that if the Lord have to, he'll make me. <laughs> and who knows if I'm not made for her. Tailor made. You see, that's the kind of faith don't just allow anything to come in your life. If you don't have the gift of singleness, then God has someone for you. If you don't have it, if you're burning at all, if you have any desire, then God will bring somebody to you. He will. And, and, and ladies, you don't have to look. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds his good thing. All you have to do, ladies, is be a good thing. He will find you. And men, you ought to be looking for your good thing. Because when you find it, you find favor. You find favor with God. You find favor. And let me just speak to the men. And you know this. 
You need favor, don't you? Because your wife might ask you for anything, and you better be able to produce it. If you're talking about you, the head, you see, headship doesn't mean dominant, it means source. It means the supply of everything that nourishes you. That's why you, when you find your good thing, you find favor with God. Because you're going to have to, when she say, I want this, you're going to have to say, well, I'll give it to you. In the name of Jesus. Because she's coming to her head, her source. And man, you got to learn how to go to your source and say, my wife has asked me for this. <laughs> God, you are my head. You got to produce it. This is faith and it's living faith. You don't have to submit to anything or agree to anything like that. Don't just agree because you hear something. You, you, well, I agree with that. Now, it's, it's no good, man. I haven't seen it. You know, everyone I, I meet, they, they treat me like a dog. Yeah, yeah you, you, you got to be able to see one of those a mile away. He's what I call a fool. Don't be. Don't, you can see him. His head is tilted to the side. You, he identifies himself. Look at his socks. He probably had white socks on and, and, a, and a blue. Well. I'm talking about just normal and a suit. White socks and a suit. With his, with his pants leg up to here. I'm trying to tell you, you can identify him. I'm not talking about regular tennis shoes, socks, and, all, and white socks. I'm talking about a fool. too small you know him I'm telling you don't spend any time saying I can I can take him down to Macy's and get him a new suit of clothes you can't dress a fool up and if you walk with a fool you will come become well I don't we got to know how to identify. You don't have to spend much time with someone that's not worth anything. And they're talking about, I'm going to try to rehabilitate him. No. If you are a good thing, you are looking for someone else that's equally good. And a good thing knows another good thing. So these are things that we have to know. This is faith. You got to believe these things. Don't wake up in the morning believing. Praise the Lord. My wife and I have been married 28 years. And uh, she came to me on Christmas Day. 28 years ago. Am I right? My Christmas present. Now, I didn't have any faith. I, on Thanksgiving Day, my other girlfriend just broke up with me. Just abruptly, just without any warning, everything. And a month, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with me. 
I woke up on Christmas morning. I said, Lord, just take me home. <laughs> I said, just, just kill me. I did. I did. It's before I, I dug down deep and found the living water. I, I said, just kill me. You know, when you're that close to meeting the promises of your life and entering in, that's when you want to give it all up. I didn't want to go and be with my family. I, I, I waited as long as I could. I didn't want to go. Family dinner. Um, sisters and brothers didn't understand that even why I was saying kill me Diane's uncle was trying to find me because she had come from Drake University in Iowa to visit them right across the street from me I'm directly across the street and I'm saying Lord just kill me I don't want to live anymore and this man is trying to find and introduce me to my good thing. Oh. Isn't that awesome? Oh. And he finally found me and told me to come by that night. And I met her. And the first thing she told me is that she's going to marry a preacher. I was way, way away from being a preacher. <laughs> I thought she had lost her mind and I told her but look at me God will do these things and he will bring you to a place where you can speak these things and I, I didn't have any faith I had given up but now God is saying that if you believe, if you can just sense that, that there's something that's happening in the midst of you that's changing everything, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. God can be moving out of your way somebody that's not good for you and your calling and your destiny. All of a sudden, this late, and, and she was a, a, a preacher's daughter. Uh, her mother was a, a pastor, but she wasn't the one. Wow. God just moved things. Don't cry when God is moving things out. Loss is always gain in God. Loss is always gain. Don't be afraid when things begin to change. These are the ways of the Lord. We know it. But we get afraid. And that's why we need someone to go before us and begin to speak and say, you don't have to worry about anything. Amen. Remember that God is in control yeah. and he's ordering our footsteps, ordering our lives. He brings us through places that he never intends for us to stay. I said it last night. He brings us to the places so that we can gain power over it. It's, it's a wonderful thing. I know, Bex, this was a, a difficult uh, first, trying to get everybody to cooperate with everything, <laughs> trying to move everything. And sometimes you just want to give up, but you just kept on plugging and pushing and prying. Yeah. Now, I want to tell you this. If you can do anything once, you can do it over and over and over again. Yeah. 
And this is the other thing. You know that nothing can stop you from doing it when you've been given assignment to do. You remember that it was difficult, but you also remember that you overcame it. You also remember that you're sitting in the midst of what the fruit of your labor. And you begin to rejoice and say, look at what God has done. These are the things that you learn as you walk with him, that he never brings you through any challenging situation, that he doesn't give you power over it. He gives you strength over it. He gives you, if he brings you to a place where you have, have been uh, hurt really bad, he gives you power over that so that you can minister to others. You see, and we don't have to feel out and just like a blind person trying to find our way. It took me a long time to get to where I was. But as soon as a spiritual father came into my life, spiritual parents, we began to move in the Lord. You see, and so these things that I tell you, they might not seem significant at the moment. But the more you began to meditate by doing, putting together, putting it in practice, that you're not looking for anyone, ladies. You are to be found. So you cannot, if you're going to obey this word, you cannot look for anyone anymore. And men, men, you have to be looking. You're just the opposite. You've got to be looking. Your eyes have to be open. And you've got to see. And you've got to be able to identify by witness of your own spirit that this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is the one that God has for me. You see, and this is how you walk. Not just, I mean, in everything, every area, don't be afraid. Never be afraid. Fear is never from God. Anxiety and worry is never from Him. It's coming from a different source. And we would have to agree with it and submit to it and then conform to it in order for it to become a part of our life. But when you walk in faith and you walk under the grace of God, even before you knew Him, He knew you. And if When you didn't know him, he was protecting you. How much more since you know him? He didn't let anything happen to you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And I remember he told me, I, I, I read the word where it says that not one of your hairs will be touched. In other words, nothing would ever hurt you. And I went, uh, this was when I was a pastor. I went to the church and immediately someone came up and started telling me how poorly I had preached. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, God, what's wrong? You said not one hair of my head, not anything would ever hurt me. And when I settled down, he said, it never touched you. Oh. No, not the inward man. Yeah. It never touched you. Yeah. I never said that it wouldn't touch this outward. Huh. But the real you was never touched. Yeah. Yeah. 
And once I had the revelation, I realized that he was giving it to me because so many people have been hurt. Yeah. So many people have been molested, raped, and all kinds of things. They have been hurt so bad. And I had to tell him, it never touched you. Yeah. You've never been made dirty at all. Yeah. Not the real you. You have not been touched. Yeah. Not a hair of your head has been touched. Nothing has been singed in you. You have been protected. And God says, I'm a wall of fire around you. And nothing can get to you. And nobody will ever be able to hurt you. No words can come past my fire. Yeah. You see, but you got to understand that these things he speaks on a level that you have not discovered. You have not discovered the real you. But we began to go deep where the yelling and screaming in households that never had any peace. And there was just yelling and screaming and hurtful things being said all over all the time. He says these things never touch you and he said you got to believe that don't submit to it and say you can never get up you see God tells you to forget some things and to remember some things you got to forget those things that are behind you and you got to remember everything that he's done in your life, even before you knew it. He was ordering my life even before I knew him. He was ordering my life, making my path straight. I could tell you other things that that I I could. I, I mean, just it seemed like I was always wanting to give up. Always wanted to give up, just quit, throw in the towel. Do you know there's a measure of relief that comes with quitting? Yeah. <laughs> You're not up against it anymore. <laughs> you know, when you're pushing against something and you just quit for a moment or a day or two, you get a little relief. But it's not, it's not going to last. God wants to stir you up. And I had to learn that I will not quit. I had to learn, you know, that even when I say I'm going to quit, I'm never going to quit because God is with me. He always strengthens me and he always protects me. And that's when I was weak. But now I have a revelation of strength that there is nothing weak in the kingdom of God. The kingdom itself has to do with power. It has to do with power to overcome, to take possession, to move into places that that they say God cannot come. And he said, I can go anywhere. All I need is a people that believe and a people that will walk and a people that will begin to do what I tell them to do and show that you love. He's wanting us to do that. And so he lifts our head. Don't be ashamed. Don't, why are you downcast? Why are you looking as if you have no one with you? I'm with you. He speaks these words to us constantly, and we can believe, we can believe. Don't ever give up hope. Don't ever begin to doubt that God can't do what he said. These are things that he wants us to know. Let's not be those that are unbelieving. You know, an evil, unbelieving heart, the first thing it does, it goes astray. It departs from the living God. In other words, you start to move away from God. And instead of coming close to him. 
drawing nigh to him and saying that, yes, as I stepped into this new place, it seems like there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone through a season where it just seemed like you just was lost? Just nothing made sense. That's transition time. You're moving into some new place that God has re- is, is bringing you into. You don't know anything about it. And in the spiritual, we don't have as much sense as we have in the natural. Yeah. We don't realize that there's change and, and I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm birthed into a new place and a new season. I have to begin to grow up in that new place. I, I got to have an understanding of how to uh, operate in this new place. That's what God is wanting to do to us. And when we move into that place, we understand that he begins to teach you immediately. Mm. He began to say, this is what you have to do in this place. You remember I told you that don't just always look at what God did yesterday. That encouraged you, but he wants to do something new and fresh in a relationship. Otherwise, it gets old and stale. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Predictable. You know, oh, well, God's going to do it this way. And then you are surprised when he doesn't do it the way you thought. But when we look back, we understand that God always came through. He always, but we never ever think about that. We never ever think about the fact that he brought us through the Red Sea. And of course, he'll bring us through the Jordan River. We just get antsy, Mm -hmm. worried. He brought you through to take you in. (laughs) And God is wanting this to begin to settle in your heart. You look at people and you think they're not going through anything. Because they have a certain peace. All hell could be breaking out in their lives, but they have learned that they cannot be moved. They have learned that God is always with them and he's for you. He's not against you. He's never trying to destroy you. As I said last night, he's not putting limits on you. He's telling you that what I did, you can do, and greater. This is how my Holy Spirit speaks to me. You know, for years, I would be listening to other things that was negative about me, not realizing that God says I was fearfully and wonderfully made. He gave me these big ears that kind of pull off on the side of my my head (laughs) he gave them to me he chose these big ears said I want them to go on his his head (laughs) and they please me you see and he wants us to go deeper 
Let me close with just reading um, one thing from James. Is this helping anyone? I just want to read two passages of scripture from James, just for your hearing and your doing. In James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what manner of man he was. It's so easy to just look on the outward appearance when you're in the mirror and not see what you really are. And it's so easy to forget that you are the righteousness of God. That you are his chosen. You are the apple of his eye. You so easy to forget it because we're always looking in the mirror to see what's wrong with us. And not what is right. But it says, whoever, verse 25, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That's how I, I got the fact that you don't, you're not blessed by just hearing the word. You're not blessed by believing the word. You're not even blessed by speaking it. You're blessed by doing it. Amen. You're blessed by hearing it and doing it. Yeah. You see. So we want to bring you into the completeness of it. Yeah. Okay, the next one. And then I'll, I'll be out of your way. You promise? No. <laughs> you see, there's a certain amount of peace that comes into some restless people's heart when I say that. <laughs> anxious people <laughs> you know so I say it for the anxious people <laughs> in uh, James 2 verse 14 it says what good is it my brother and your sisters if someone claims to have faith but have no works can such faith save them suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food if one of you say to them go in peace Keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical need. What good is it? And you remember I said that's how sometimes on the other end we say things, but we're not doing anything. You say that I'm, I'm the lender and I'm never the borrower. And, and you are mad at God because you didn't get the loan. You, you See, you ever prayed for a loan? Lord, and he didn't give it to you, and you're angry because you didn't get the loan. It's like wanting to put your neck in bondage. But if you began to say that God has given me power to get wealth, and 
you got to understand that when the enemy comes in, he always attacks your increase. If he stops your increase, pretty soon you're going to be in need. But the blessing when you do things, it always increase you. You always increase and you got to know that. And if when God increase you, it will break the bondage of everything else. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, we want living faith, right? Yeah. Not dead faith. Living faith. Say living faith. living faith. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even demons believe that. And they are afraid. You foolish person. And I tell you, James, just come right at you. If you're acting foolish, he's not going to say you're wise and understanding. He said, you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without the works is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. I'm going to close with that because that's very powerful. If you, you see that he had to have works with his faith in order to have a complete or perfect faith. He had to have action. He had to be able, God had to be able to see his faith. He had to be able to move God by his faith. That he didn't wait around. He got up early that morning and he went to do what God told him to do. And that's what we're talking about. We're moving into that realm. And, and don't, don't feel guilty, but just begin to move. Pastor Sunday said last night, if you don't know what to do, dig. Dig. Begin to get up and move because we want perfect faith. We want faith that can be seen. We want faith that moves. And I told you, it really works. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we've come to this place, Lord, I pour it out of my heart, imparting wisdom that for years to come will guide their hearts. There will never be a time in the lives of these people that they will feel like they can't get up. Matter of fact, they won't spend much time trying to figure out how to cleanse themselves. That's why you have spiritual parents I know how to circumcise sons and daughters, cut away, separate them from who they are and what they have done. I know how to separate you from that. I had to have someone to separate me so that I never feel like I'm a failure. I know how to open my heart and trust God. I know how to walk in the spirit, not with walls of protection around myself. For so many years, I had walls. I was protecting myself. 
But you can't minister through walls. You can't help anyone when you're afraid that they're going to hurt you. And sometimes we develop this in our heart where we want to hurt them before they hurt us. I'm going to get you before you get me. And we learn how to play games. Because we don't trust. But when you are secure in God, and that's what you are now. You're not worried about the things that other people worry about. The only thing that's in your heart is I'm going to do what God says. I'm not going to disqualify myself by my own opinion that I've conceived about myself. I'm going to open my heart wide and now let freedom come in. Freedom is a wonderful thing. It's an experience where you never feel like you're doing anything wrong. Never feel like people are watching you. You're not self-conscious. You're conscious of the spirit of the living God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have come to this place. And we are hearing the word of the Lord. We have worshipped you and we have entered into a place where we know, we know that you are well able to bring us into all the promises. Father, we are releasing our faith. You have said some things that only you can do. We give you praise today. We give you praise Just for a few moments, just allow God to go into the depths of your heart. I've opened the way, but I want God to experience a new part of you today. And just a word of wisdom. The place that you are ashamed of, the, uh, the part of you that you are most ashamed is the part that God wants to come in. Let him in. Let him wash away all of that guilt or shame. Let him come in in a deeper way. There were layers and dimensions of freedom that I had to experience. I would feel like I was free after I heard a word or spent the time with the Lord. And then he would go deeper. And I would get more freer. More freedom. So I'm speaking right now in the name of Jesus. Father, allow the people of God to forgive those that have hurt them. Allow them To move beyond that. Lord let them trust again. Let them open their hearts. In the name of Jesus. Father. We speak. And we say open your heart. And let them obey you. In the name of Jesus.
I'm speaking a word to the men. The enemy wants to destroy men. And what I've found is that there's more anxiety, more fear in the hearts of men. They're just not sure. But I wanted to establish in you today a certainty in your heart. That what you're trying to do you, and what you're wondering about in your heart Fear of the unknown. Wondering, are you a man? Not knowing that is in the heart. It is not in what you do. You are a foundation. You are a foundation in what God is doing. And so I strengthen you, men. I strengthen your heart. I command fear to leave your heart in the name of Jesus. I command uncertainty to leave and discouragement and despair to leave you and never come back again in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. As we establish this foundation that the ladies will always feel safe. They will feel safe because they are men that are strong in the name of Jesus. Let's just give God a hand clap of praise. Let's worship Him and bless Him right now in the name of Jesus.